Good morning. Good morning. Um, for those of you who may not know me, is there anybody? I'm Mary Rye. I'm a church member here, and I won the Tim Hobbs Lookalike Contest <laughs> yet again. Um, while Tim is out of town, um, we are gathered together, and we welcome you um, to Community Baptist Church. If you are visiting with us, um, let me um, welcome you. As a member of the family, uh, there are red books at the end of each row. If you will sign that in, uh, am I on this? Which mic am I on, Tim? This one or this one? This one? Okay. Is that better? No. We're going to let him tinker with it back there. Um, there are red books at the end of each row. If you will sign in. Um, and give us as much information as you would like for us to have. If you give us your email address, we will um, include you in our uh, e-newsletter that is posted every Thursday morning. Um, so we, we welcome you to Community Baptist Church. And as part of that welcome, um, may we stand and greet each other. Oops, wait a minute before we do that. I have announcements. <laughs> Sorry. Um, 
Let me draw your attention to the children's fundraiser out here, right over here on the table. The children are selling um, calendars and Christmas cards and note cards, note pads uh, for um, your enjoyment. I have bought a calendar every year because they are gorgeous and I love them. So uh, it is a fundraiser for our children's ministry. Um, you will see that there is no dinner this Wednesday because of fall break. Um, I'm assuming that all the rest of the activities go on as normal. Jika has a word about the blood drive. The 16th, which is a week from Wednesday, is our next uh, blood drive. And with uh, having so many people in the hospital over this last month and, and needing blood, I thought you might make a a special effort to donate, if you do at all, uh, at this blood drive. It is noted that for every two seconds, somebody in the nation needs blood. For every pint that you donate, and they'll only take one at a time, uh, three people can be served with that. So it's a great contribution, and it's a wonderful opportunity to help. Thank you. And I need some helpers as well as donors. We live with celebrities around us. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. We have celebrities around us. Um, in my book, celebrities are the ones who um, provide us with examples, who provide us with um, ways to emulate um, and so we have celebrities among us. Last Wednesday, Doris and Nina celebrated 16, uh, 16, 66 years of marital bliss. Um, at least that's how long they've been married. I will assume it's all been marital bliss. <laughs> and last Friday, we celebrate with Vince and Fritz, who have been married for 70 years. 70 <laughs> That's, that's quite a legacy um, for those of us who come behind you um, to live up to. Thank you for setting the pace for us. Now, you may stand and greet each other.
this was the wrong place to put that. As we gather back to our seats, may we stand together for our invocation. Let us pray to Let us pray together. Loving God, we have come to this place this morning because we needed to. We needed to come to a place where we knew we could find you. We needed to come to a place where we knew we could find your love and grace. We needed to come to a place where we knew we could find brothers and sisters who would take us in and offer their hand of peace. We came because we needed. And as always, God, you are here. You hold out your love and grace for our taking, and you have sent your children to meet us here. Thank you. But God, for some of our family is missing today. Some of us don't feel well, and we ask for healing. Give them patience in the downtime, courage to push through the pain of healing, and comfort in the knowledge that you are there as their bodies return to functioning. Some of us, God, are traveling over fall break, and we ask for safety. May they find rest, body, mind, and spirit. For all the ways that you love us and provide for us, oh God, we say thank you. And just so you'll know, God, we love you too. In the name of the one who takes care of us day and night, we pray. Amen.
Please be seated. Will you join me in our responsive reading entitled Simplicity? Loving God, do we make your message too hard? Do we worry that if we don't study enough, interpret enough, struggle enough, wrestle enough with words we don't understand, what will you really want us to hear? When we are resting in your presence, we realize that your purpose is not to make life a puzzle for us. You know we need plain and simple messages. Love God with all your heart. Love one another. You give us the simple gifts of Sabbath rest, poetry and music, hands to hold and comforting words. But sometimes we want to make you all mystery. When we hold out our hands, give us ordinary bread, and through it remind us of the extraordinary gift of your body broken for us. When we hold the cup, give us ordinary wine, and through it remind us of the extraordinary gift of your blood poured out for us. Through them both. Through all of life, may your simple words be the most profound ones we hear. God is love. God is love. God is love. Amen. Let me invite the cheering down to meet Miss Phyllis down here. Well, I guess my question is, why are the little kids all gone and you guys are stuck here? Now? <laughs> if you're like, if you're like my grandson, he got grounded because his grades weren't good and he lost his trip to Florida. Whoa, talk about, talk about tough. Well, um, I had really planned this for smaller people, but <laughs> still got turkey. <laughs> okay. You know, today is international. Communion Day. And so what I was going to talk about were symbols. Tell me what a symbol is. Uh, something that represents something else. Right, something that represents something else. If you pick up a bottle and it has this sign on it, what do you know that means? Huh? <laughs> means you shouldn't drink it. It means it's poison. Okay, another symbol... Uh, you might see driving down the highway, it's this. Yeah, well, this happens to be an elk crossing, but around here it would be a deer, but all I could find was an elk. Okay. Now, the thing about symbols is that we use those so people of any language can look at the picture and get the message. It's, it represents something. It's a way of communicating something, no matter what language you speak. And whether you can read or not. 
you know, if you were here from another country and couldn't read English, it wouldn't be a need to put these signs in English. What's this mean? No smoking. No smoking. If you see this red circle with a slash in it on anything, what does that mean? Don't do it. Don't do it. Like they, we could have a cell phone on there. Uh, you know, there's in a lot of places, uh, especially near intensive care units in the hospital, they have signs with a cell phone behind this. It means you can't use your cell phone there. This is the international symbol for what? Boys and girls, bathrooms. <laughs> Trust me, if you're ever in a foreign country, you definitely want to know these signs right here. And as Christians, what is this symbol? It's the cross, right. Now, today, we are going, you can see on the uh, altar up here and down through the middle aisle, there is a variety of breads on there and People all around the world, there are many people who are Christians who don't look like you and I. Uh, they don't speak the same language we do. But the symbol of the bread and the wine is a universal message that Jesus left us with to remember him and think of him. On the night before he was to be arrested, or the night he was to be arrested, and which started his walk to the cross. You know, he gathered his disciples, and they had what we call the Last Supper. And at that supper, he took the bread, and he broke it, and he blessed it, and he passed it to them, and he said, This is my body, broken for you. You see the symbolism here? Take and eat. And do so in remembrance of me. And then when he got through with the bread, he took the cup and he took the wine and he poured the wine. And what does that represent? His blood. He said, sip of this wine. This is my blood given for you. So, this has become one of the most sacred rituals of the Christian faith. And when you talk about breaking the bread and drinking the wine, it's done in remembrance of Christ and how he actually gave his body and his blood in order to give us eternal life. So uh, I want you to think of that as Miss Mary or Reverend Rye, I should say, gives us the message today, and then as we follow it with communion. I don't guess you'll go to children's church, so you may go back to your seat. Thank you.
Heavenly Father, everything, our first talent, our first gift, the first of our time, all that we have, the most precious of our relationships, the church that we belong to, everything is yours. And we take this moment right here today, sacred and holy, to give back to you in love and in generous spirit our blessing that you have given us. We give back to you. It's by the blood of Jesus Christ who died on the cross for our sins that we give these gifts to you. Amen.
scripture today comes from actually three chapters. John chapter 6, verses 30 through 35. John chapter 17, verses 20 through 23. And 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23b through 26, if you want to follow along with me. Therefore they said to him, What sign will you perform then, that we may see it and believe you? What work will you do? Our fathers ate the manna in the desert, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven. But my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. Chapter 17, verses 20 through 23. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I in you that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me and the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me And have loved them as you have loved me. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verses 23b through 26. That the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks he broke it and said take eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death. Till he comes. This is the word of the Lord. Praise be to God. Fifty years ago, at the March on Washington in 1963, Martin Luther King Jr. had a dream. 
In part, this is what he said. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, sons of former slaves and sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I had a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream that one day little black boys and black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and white girls as brothers and sisters. Thirty years before Martin Luther King had that dream, Dr. Hugh Thompson Kerr, the pastor of Shadyside Presbyterian Church in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, had a dream in 1933. He dreamed that all churches all over the world could come to communion, to the communion table, and celebrate the Eucharist as brothers and sisters. Dr. Kerr stated that the spirit of world communion caught hold during World War II because he said they were trying to hold the world together. Worldwide communion symbolized the efforts to hold those things together in a spiritual sense. It emphasized that we are one in the spirit and the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so today... We join with our brothers and sisters around the world to celebrate communion as one in the spirit of Jesus Christ. But long before Dr. Kerr or Martin Luther King Jr., God had a dream. We find God's dream in the John 17 passage that Sybil just read. I ask not only on behalf of these but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one. As you, Father, are in me and I am in you, may they also be one in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given them, so that they may be one, as you and I are one. I in them, and you in me, that we may become completely one, so that the world will know that you have sent me, and have loved them, even as you love me. This is God's dream, that we may all be one as Christ is one with God. Jesus isn't talking about those of us in this congregation being one. He isn't even talking about those of us who are Baptist being one. He isn't even talking about those of us in this country being one. Given the events of the last several weeks, that in and of itself would be nothing short of a miracle. Jesus' prayer, God's dream, is that we are all One, no matter your size or color or education or gender or orientation or political opinions, financial status or level of power, 
No matter if you live in North America, South America, Africa, Asia, Australia, Europe, or Antarctica, God had a dream from the beginning when God gathered up dust from the earth and created man and woman in his own image. God had a dream that someday we would live in peace with our brothers and sisters around the world. God had a dream that there would be no such thing as Democrats and Republicans, liberals or conservatives, that there would be no such thing as immigrants or naturally born citizens, that there would be no such thing as gay or straight, rich or poor, powerful or powerless, that we, God had a dream that we would all be the body of Christ, that we would come to a common table and realize that while we may eat different breads, we remember the same sacrifice given for all of us, that while we may drink different wines, we are all included under the same covenant, that all of us are covered by God's love and grace, under, and not just for some of us, If God's love and grace isn't available for all of us, then it isn't God's love and grace because God's grace isn't selective and it isn't cheap. God's grace has come at a huge price. C.S. Lewis says cheap grace is preaching the forgiveness without requiring repentance. Baptism without church discipline, communion without confession, absolution without personal confession, cheap grace is grace without discipleship, grace without the cross, grace without Jesus Christ living and incarnate. Cheap grace grew out of our desire to be saved, but to do so without becoming disciples. The doctrinal system of the church with its lists of behavioral codes has become a substitute for the living Christ, and this cheapens the meaning of discipleship. Costly grace is a grace that will cost one their life. It is the grace made dear by the life of Christ that was sacrificed to purchase one's redemption. Faith can no longer mean sitting and waiting. But we must rise and follow Christ. We have come so we gather together at the communion table to eat the bread and drink the cup of healing so that we may be one. We come to embody God's dream to live as brothers and sisters. We also recognize that we are created unique. We are not the same. We are scattered to all corners of the planet, literally. We have different ways of doing things. We have different tastes. We are different. And yet we gather as family as brothers and sisters to this family table with God as our parent 
and Christ as our brother. So let us recognize our differences while we celebrate our oneness. On the cubes down the center aisle, as, as Greg is putting them down, you will find different kinds of breads. Breads from all over the world. Flat bread, dark bread, sweet breads. We gather for communion with our brothers and sisters all over the world to acknowledge our oneness and to thank God for the multitude of ways that he has shown us his love and, and the ways that he showers us with his grace. So I invite you to come. I invite you as you come to take communion, that we come to take communion with our brothers and sisters of the world. And so I invite you as you come to take communion, while we will start at the, at the front, I will invite you to, to go out by the side aisles and come up the back. And as you come to take communion, Stop and take a bite of breads at each station as you come. Come and remember that we are one all over the world. And while we may take different breads all over the world, we are one under the grace and love of a God who loved us beyond measure. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So as we prepare to share together in communion, let, will you join with me in reading the table blessing on the separate piece of paper that you got along with your um, order of worship. To your table, you bid us come. You have set the places, you have poured the wine, and there is always room, you say, for one more. And so we come. From the streets and from the alleys, we come. From the deserts and from the hills, we come. From the ravages of poverty and from the palaces of privilege, we come. Running, limping, carried, we come. We are bloodied with our wars. We are wearied with our wounds. We carry our dead with us, and we reckon with our ghosts. We hold the seeds of healing. We dream of a new creation. We know the things that make for peace, and we struggle to give them wings. And yet, to your table we come. Hungering for your bread, we come. Thirsting for your wine, we come. Singing your song in every language. Speaking your name in every tongue. In conflict 
and in communion, in discord and in desire, we come. O God of wisdom, we come. I will invite the deacons who will be serving to come forward. For those of you who are able, I invite you to come around and, and sample breads. If you are not able, uh, John and Christine will bring communion to you, and then you will be able to sample the breads at the end of the service. So as God's invitation to the worldwide table, I, I invite you, all of you, to come. the bread of Christ, the body of Christ, broken for you. All of these are the body of Christ, broken for you.
broken for you. All of these are the body of Christ broken for you. All of these are the body of Christ broken for you. Take your time. All of these are the body of Christ broken for you. All of these are the body of Christ broken for you. All of these are the body of Christ broken for you. All of these are the body of Christ We are one in the Spirit. Let us stand and sing together our invitation hymn.
as you go from this place, go this week and look at each other in the face and know that we are one. Amen. 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 <laughs> 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 what will we do with that, Oh, yeah.